Shalina, you're too biased. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're too biased. Do you biased. like that, Ruby? <laughs> I love it. Of, oh, <laughs> stuff like a Christmas tree. Did you see her eyes almost pop out? <laughs> Good thing the, the listeners choose. <laughs> uh, you know what? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Everything 90s Podcast. Thank you for the love that you've been showing the 90s versus 2000 series so far. Uh, This is where two decades go head to head to determine which one gave us the best TV show theme songs, rom-coms, toys and gadgets, anime and music collabs. And if you haven't heard already uh, through my Instagram, the decade that won the TV show theme songs category was Team 90s. So congrats to Brandon for um, representing (laughs) Team 90s and winning. He's from the Namely 90s podcast. And uh, today's category for episode 43 is romantic comedies. But before we get started, I just wanted to welcome any new listeners out there. Thank you for stopping by. My name is Shalina and I created Everything 90s podcast to invite fellow 90s kids and lovers of that decade to join me on nostalgic trips down memory lane. Today is actually a historic moment on the Everything 90s podcast. I have the most guests I've ever had on one episode. (laughs) Uh, Two two are returning guests and two are new, so I'm super excited of how this will pan out. So representing for Team 90s are Jackie and Danielle from the No More Late Fees podcast. Welcome, welcome. Hi. So excited. (laughs) I felt and, like I needed to do like the Arsenio Hall, but then I refrained. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud that you did not. <laughs> and representing Team 2000s from the Turn of the Millennials podcast, Steffi and Lindy. Welcome, welcome. Hi, welcome. thanks for having us. Awesome. Any any thoughts on the TV show theme songs episode, if anyone watched or listened to that? It one? was really fun. Uh, I think it's a really cool concept. I'm glad that you're doing this series because, I mean, it's a debate, especially most millennials have, and especially when millennials are kind of, we're, we're a big group and we're split into different frac- um, factions. So I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. Same thing. Like where there's always a, a quintessential, like, was the nineties better? Was the two thousands better? Was this one better? And it was, just, it was good. I liked it. I don't <laughs> know. who. I, I don't, uh, Brent, I think it's Brandon who picked the X-Files. Like just the, he didn't just go into one genre. Like he really pulled some, some, uh, some bangers that he didn't even think about. It's like, yeah, X-Files is a banger. That is a good <laughs> theme song. So I, I like the well-roundedness of, of his choices. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A few um, other people had, had mentioned that as well. A few American listeners came at me for not knowing Keenan and Cal <gasps> and uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete. To my defense, we, did we not didn't have, have those shows. 
Exactly. We didn't have Nickelodeon. We had exactly. to get it through YTV or Family Channel. So we only got what they gave us. I agree, it's, Shalina. You That's really so crazy. You really only got to see shows like that if you had one of those giant like satellite dishes satellite. in your backyard. Exactly. Yeah. Like the or giant you, ones. Or if you went on vacation to the States to like Florida with your family or something like that and you watched it for that week that you were there. You tried to find exactly. it. So you could watch it. That was it. <laughs> That's nuts because we, especially the early days in the Nickelodeon, we got a lot of the Canadian shows mm-hmm. on on Nickelodeon. So it's kind of crazy that you guys didn't have Nickelodeon. And then, um, but like Noggin's not a part of Nickelodeon because later on then we started, that's how we were able to see Degrassi. The new, mm-hmm. the new class was on Noggin. So very weird, the import system of our TV shows and how yes. they were going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, Completely unfair, might I add. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so during that episode, I had to quickly YouTube the theme songs for those shows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I thank you for, again, listeners who've been interacting with me uh, so far. Um, I actually wanted to add a new segment to my podcast called The Listener's Corner, uh, where I play uh, voice messages from listeners about how they like the episodes. Um, so today's messages are from Adrian and Link, and they share their thoughts on the TV show theme songs episode. Uh, so sit tight, relax, and Steffi, Lindy, Jackie, Danielle, and I will be right back. All right. So everything 90s, 90s versus 2000s TV themes, I got to say, one of my favorites. I love being able to listen to the cases that both um, Brandon and Prime made. I think Brandon wanted that without a doubt. I think that his 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 statements were phenomenal and well-spoken, starting off strong with the Power Rangers, ending off strong with the X-Files. And he has such a diverse list too, like Hands Off. Hands Off 90s won that one. Big shout out to Prime for Zoe 101. See a fellow black man, little Zoe 101. <laughs> it made me feel a type of way. So, yeah, solid choices throughout. Proud Family was a solid choice. That's so Raven, so- all solid choices. It was a phenomenal bout. And then the last piece I really loved was that each of their choices, it wasn't what you would have expected. Like, I was expecting Pokemon. I was expecting, you know, very mainstream pieces. And for them to pick the choices that they did, that were that that they had their own personal connections with. I think it was that added an extra element of uh, surprise and unexpectedness when it came to what their choices were going to be. Hey everyone, I'm Steampunk Link, host of the Snescapades podcast, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo library that I host with my good friend Emmy Zero. I just wanted to pop in and say a quick hello. I'm a big fan of the Everything 90s podcast and uh, just listened to that episode talking about TV show themes. Loved it. Uh, I think Brandon and Prime did a great job talking about the respective decades TV themes and uh, Shalina was, of course, uh, an amazing moderator for that. Uh, I also, uh, I just wanted to throw out uh, a few more 90s TV themes for y'all. Um, just wanted to give uh, my quick, just quick five picks um, that Brandon didn't pick. So uh, first one for me is the theme to Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, which cemented a love of acapella music in me at a very young age that lasts to this day. Uh, absolutely great theme song. Uh, great band, acapella. 
Uh, number two is the theme to the X-Men animated series. A uh, great piece of music to work out to. Uh, digging deep for number three, I'm going with The Critic. Uh, great saxophone melody that plays throughout that theme. It's wonderful. Uh, number four, got to throw some hip-hop in. And instead of going with the obvious, sorry, Will, uh, I'm going with the theme to In Living Color. Uh, that, that one's a really fun one. I remember watching that show uh, probably when I was too young to be watching it and didn't understand most of the jokes anyway. But, uh, you know, Jim Carrey was in it, so, you know. Uh, and finally, my final pick... <clears throat> Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Okay, so uh, so those are my picks. Uh, thank you all for listening to this. And uh, thank you, Shalina, for uh, opening the floor to uh, folks like me to, to do things like this. So uh, anyway, uh, enjoy the rest of the show, everybody, and uh, play it loud. All right. So thank you, Link and Adrian, for your messages. If anyone wants to leave a message for the following episode, you could hit me up at memo.fm slash everything 90s podcast. Now let's get back into the 90s versus 2000 showdown. So there will be five rounds where the two teams will present their arguments with the hopes of convincing you, the listeners, to vote for their decade at the end of the show. Uh, and the link will be in the show notes and the arguments will be in the form of presenting rom-coms from their decades so for example my best friend's wedding versus the proposal and then after each round there will be a free period this is where the teams will have the opportunity to respond to one another and though rebuttals are welcome the purpose of this segment is to share any fond memories fun facts compliments uh, for the opposing team so, Team 90s, you will begin with your opening statement. Well, I mean, obviously, we are at a greater advantage because the 90s paved the way for anything that came after it. I mean, we saw a huge renaissance of wonderful rom-coms in the 90s. Uh, so, I don't even really think it's a competition, but we'll play along. We'll play along today. <laughs> All right, Team 2000s, your opening statement. Um, so, yeah, I think as much as, like, yeah, maybe the 90s did maybe pave the way, I think the 2000s kind of gave us perfection almost because they took what the 90s gave and added even more to it better. That was where we kind of also saw the birth of, like, the quintessential rom-com queens like Reese and J-Lo or Sandra, and you brought along a way of... and. When I Googled the top rom-coms, top highest grossing rom-coms, all three of them were in 2000s. So just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Both excellent points. Yes, 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 of course. I mean, it's it's almost easier to say the, the money that was made on the backs of the, the people who created the genre. <laughs> but that's okay. Ooh, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> Didn't even start yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Team 90s, your first uh, pick for round one. So um, I'm going to start with uh, quintessential 90s rom-com, which is Sleepless in Seattle, mainly for the pure fact that um, obviously we saw in the eighties, a, a good amount of rom-coms where we had similar matchups back to back, but there is nothing like 
the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks marriage that we got to see and blossom throughout the 90s. Um, they were quirky. They were sweet. They had heart. And they were top tier actors, which I think is very important when it comes to the rom-com genre to see that you can have top tier talent still come to a, a, a movie genre, which is usually deemed to be lower class, which is not true. It's just whatever women like, people tend to put their nose down. But we've learned. We're learning, continuing to learn. Um, it, it was they had a, a wonderful meet cute. Um we can't think of the Empire State Building without mm. thinking of this movie. I, I mean, just so many layers. Um, making sure that you learn to find your true love. She was in a partnership, even though we do love, what's his name? Bill. Uh, Greg Kinnear? No, it was Bill. Paxton. No, not Bill. Maybe the guy from Sleepless Since Yet. I mean, while it was, while you were sleeping, while you were sleeping. President. Oh, the dad from Casper also. Bill Pullman. Pullman. Thank you. She was with him. Wasn't working out. But that's okay. She went went straight to the heart. And we see Rosie O'Donnell playing the quintessential BFF role, being that support, which we always see in rom-coms. She's one of the leading ladies that, you know, built that whole thought process of having the BFF. I mean, obviously, it started with... um, our good, our good Carrie from uh, when Harry met Sally, but mm-hmm. she continued on the practice. Yep. Jackie, anything to add to that? I mean, right. It, 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 from Sleepless in Seattle, you get a You Got Mail, which is another like one of my husband's favorite movies, and so like so quotable. Sleepless in Seattle also showed you you can do long distance and make it work. Yep, and this was before the internet, and they yep. were still figuring it out. <laughs> Long before the internet, yes. <laughs> which is funny, they follow it up with, you've got mail, which was the internet factor. Yeah. <laughs> Starting at radio and, and um, phone conversations and moving on up to the internet. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Solid point, solid start. Oh, one last thing. Nora, Nora Ephron can't even say this movie without she is the queen of of rom-com movies okay i'm done <laughs> <laughs> all right teen 2000s your pick so i feel like for this one it would have to be the proposal because again sandra bullock you got ryan reynolds they hate each other at the beginning it's his boss he like wants to kill her by the end they've fallen in love and how can you never hear Little John again without be- picturing Betty White and Sandra Bullock going, my balls, my balls, <laughs> That's all I think about when I hear that song now. Like, classic movie moment of that one. And Betty White is just so sweet. And, like, the heart especially, like, to me, the part is, like, because her mom was, like, she had no family. She was a Canadian down in the States, no family and everything. And then the moment where they're, like, they give her the necklace and she feels, like, brought in together by the family and then she's like you don't know what you have and all of this is trying to make his family see that like yeah you're we are doing this it's just i don't know those two together they were just such a great great little connection yeah no i would have to absolutely agree with that um i think this is more than just like 
a romantic comedy between a guy and a girl. It was a girl feeling accepted by the family, which you really don't see in the 90s rom-coms, I would think. Unless you have any examples, I would be more than likely to hear them. <laughs> um, but because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, but that's where that's why I like this movie so much is because like she is like a very um, one of those people that just builds up walls and pushes people away and everything. She likes the solitary, whatever. And here she is accepted by not only her assistant who freaking hated her at the beginning of the movie, yeah. um, like um, and then being accepted by his family and and his grandma played by Betty White. Like, oh, love her. R.I.P. And um, which I think the fact that Betty White is in the movie just trumps anything. But that's me because um, I just I <laughs> she's so the trump card always. <laughs> oh, absolutely, Betty White. Betty Betty White in any movie wins. Sorry, that's my opinion, but whatever. <laughs> All right, both solid arguments and starts with round one. Um, we kind of uh, are in the free period because you're sharing your fond memories with. Um, each of these films so does anyone want to share any fun facts or any compliments to the opposing team um i want to give compliments for the proposal and picking that one because i think with that movie one of the great things is that it is kind of a role reversal in a lot of rom-coms you kind of see the girl in a situation financially or in her career where she's kind of like the secretary or you know, and not to say that that's a low ranking position in any way, but it's usually the girl working for the guy and not the other way around. So I do like that gender bender flip. Um, but I do want to say with the family acceptance, Mrs. Winterborn is a great example of a family absolutely accepting this girl without a family. She lies. They still love her and she gets a husband. So I'm sure that's probably where they got their ideas from. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted, when you were mentioning about the women of power stuff, I wanted to be like, <clears throat> Hallmark movies. <clears throat> like, that's the classic <laughs> formula of like, woe is me, girl comes to find a man and blah, blah, you know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, even though it's not up to me, it's up to the listeners. For me, the point <laughs> goes to the proposal. <laughs> that's my I think that's my all-time favorite rom-com and favorite uh Sandra Bullock movie mm -hmm. um and to Lindy's point any movie with Betty White <laughs> you lost it's just law it's right? just law it's a law right. that's just kind yeah, of yeah. <laughs> um all right okay so round two we'll, we'll start with team 2000s this time so I am going to pitch the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston because it was the first time where we really saw a real life almost ending into a movie where like they see they break up, it's, they go through the whole breakup and then at the very end they see each other on the street and they just w say hi and they walk away. Every movie, love, rom-coms and stuff like that, like they're always... They get back together at the end and everything's happy. And like, I know we love that in entertainment, but sometimes it is just sort of nice to sort of see real life on TV, like on TV or in movies every so often to be like, 
wow, okay, not everything does end up perfect all the time. Sometimes you can break up and still be cordial after, or, you know, life can move on after, after a breakup. You don't have to be dying for like years upon years pining for this person or something. It's nice to see the relationship challenge being represented. Yeah. <coughs> the way we were. <coughs> <laughs> You're so subtle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, honestly, jokes. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's, it's <laughs> a classic. Fair. If you watch it, you'll be like, wow, the breakup seems very much like this. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, you you wanna Yeah, um I think one of the power players in the 90s was Julia Roberts, so I'm gonna go pretty woman um for our second pick. You get that rags to riches story. He someone who's looked down upon in society, this this guy kind of doesn't treat her as other he treats her as an equal and um you kind of seen see her blossom into like having more self-esteem and being able to kind of um stand up for herself in ways that i don't think at the beginning of the movie she would have been able to so uh, she was very empowered by someone who just saw her as an equal and not as someone who was beneath them hundred percent. And, and the fact that like, it, I mean, we've seen it with my fair lady, or you kind of take a woman of, of what you would consider lower means and you kind of make her over, but she was empowered with, she, with her body and she made the rules. She never looked at herself as being, you know, like disgusting as, you know, the people portray. Ashamed. Um, yeah, yeah, of being a sex worker. And um, yeah, all rom-coms probably give us very unrealistic um, <laughs> thought processes of what love should be. Um, but she kind of stuck to her guns too. And he had to go back and realize he's being a, a jackass and excuse my language, but come back and and, and, <laughs> and that was just the beginning of them being able to work again. I mean, Gary Marshall- Come on, I, yeah. he, if if Nora Ephron's the queen of rom coms, he's the king, hundred um, percent. So they were able to go, uh, obviously, come back together for one Runaway Bride because of the just the absolute chemistry. And Julia Roberts is the top um, highest grossing rom com star, man, <laughs> man or female. So and that started with this movie. Julia Roberts is my favorite actress. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. She's great. Love her. All right. Free period. Um, pretty woman that we saw was not the real pretty woman that should have come to screen, though. <laughs> if you watch on Detail. Netflix, the, the movies that made us, they do one of pretty. They do one of pretty woman. And even Jason Alexander, he's interviewed it and he's like, what I shot and what was on screen was not the same film. <laughs> I feel like it was probably a lot grittier darker. and raunchy. And I, I think it was yeah. more, dar a more darker. Like she does it like almost like she doesn't like nothing happens. Nothing good happens in the end to her, I think, is more yeah. what yeah. happens. So they said, I think, made it a little more lighter at the end. Which is yeah. very it's called she the wrote it. Yeah, the movies that made us on Netflix, it's got a bunch of different old movies. And that's one of the ones that they go back and visit on, in it. 
And that's very true to that time period. If you look at any of the movies in the early 90s, like even like Mighty Ducks, I don't know what was going on with these executives. They kind of were just like greenlighting things and saying, let's be really grimy and, and, and dark and even kids' movies, look at Milk Money. That the ooh. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love that movie, oh, it's very troubling, questionable. Or, yeah. yeah, I did. I I took a, a class in college. It was a women's studies class called um, Film Sex in Hollywood, and she taught uh, Sleeping with the Enemy as the sequel to Pretty Woman, <laughs> and it was amazing. I love that movie. Oh. I love Sleeping with the Enemy. <laughs> I love I love how J Lo just made enough and everyone was like, this is great. I was like, is this not sleeping with the enemy? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is different and involves a child. (laughs) Oh, okay. Totally different plot line, of course. Just totally vanilla ice adds in that one ding and it's a totally different song. (laughs) Exactly. You add a child, it's a totally different movie. (laughs) Still a great movie though. Right. <laughs> I, I looked up the top ranking or like top grossing rom-com stars. And when I was doing the list, I was shocked that number three was Jennifer Aniston. And I was just like, wait, how? like she's done so many rom-coms, but you, you kind of forget, especially yeah. because in my mind, I don't think I thought all of them were huge, but then I was hmm. like, well, I had to go look and see what movie was in here that made it a hit and so it was um he's just not that into you but for the breakup and i think what really gave that movie such a bump also was that was right after brad brad and jennifer breaking up mr and, and mrs smith yeah and so she was filming that movie right after and then her and vince Vaughn started dating mm-hmm. so i think everybody really went to see that movie out of like the curiosity of it because you know, we got to see Brad and Angelina play things out in Mr. and Mr. Smith. So everybody went because I was like, I like the movie, but why was this such a hit? This is like a huge hit, mm-hmm. but I don't rewatch it over and over again. And it may be what you guys were saying, because at the end, it's not a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But I, I think a lot of why the success of that movie had to do with the fact that we were all gawking to see if there was any glimpses of anything, of the chemistry right. between those two. Interesting. Exactly. I've actually... I've actually never seen that movie, so the breakup. I, yeah, the breakup. It's called the I'm breakup not... or breakup. Plan? Yeah, breakup. the breakup. Breakup. Okay. The breakup plan is another horrible J Lo movie. I'm not going to say another <laughs> because I would insinuate that she has bad ones, and I don't want Roll Call to come stomp on she, me. They will. Come, yeah, Rhea will come after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean like it's not a it's not a good one, and I think on their episode they agree with that, so I'm safe. Oh God. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll add that one to my list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't. And Jason Bateman's hilarious, too, as well. Yes. Like, can't, can't deny Jason Bateman's funny. Oh, I <laughs> <No>. love him. <laughs> I was going to say, I I won't vote on this one because I've never seen the breakup plan. <laughs> or the breakup, sorry. The breakup. <laughs> but the plot sounds interesting because mm-hmm. that's, that's different. You don't really see and- and to note, Julia Roberts is your favorite actress. Right. She is. She is. Very, this will be as a very biased. Very biased. This is all his points. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Okay. So round three. Back to the 90s. Team, team 90s. I'm going to save one for later because I think it's our closer. 
Um, okay. <laughs> in my mind. So I'm just trying to, you know what? I think I got it, Jackie. By okay. gosh, I think she's got it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called, it's just this little movie. It's called 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Ba- <laughs> based on my friend Bill's play called Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> It's only a hundred years old. <laughs> it's a classic for a reason. Oh, and man. when you think of the '90s rom-com renaissance, you have to you have to think about the fact that we got a teen romantic comedy genre boom at this time, similar to what we got in the '80s with all of the John Hughes movies. And my God, Ten Things I Hate About You had everything in it. Um, one of the things that I love about this movie is that it was not filmed on, um, like sound stages. Everything was real. It felt like you were going to a real house party. It felt like you were going to the school. Um, and then the cast itself was just perfectly put together and almost everyone in that cast went on to do really big movies and become huge stars. I mean, you have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you have Hugh, not Hugh, sorry. Keith Ledger. Keith Ledger, sorry. Um, You have Julia Stiles. And from that movie alone, her doing that crazy dance uh, number, she gets Save the Last Dance from just doing that. She didn't even have to audition. Um, You just, you get Gabrielle Union by like, who becomes our Black rom-com queen. She's done so many um yeah it's just so freaking good and I I feel like personally I could watch that movie over and over and over again and never the get soundtrack was amazing yes we have safe uh safe Ferris we have letters to Cleo throughout the movie and that school in Seattle where they shoot the movie is just epically huge and then we have to talk about Heath Ledger singing that that wonderful song can't take my eyes off of you it just it's an epic scene and when you think of rom-coms it's just one of the best scenes that you, you can get um it's great it's a great movie it really is <laughs> did you did I forget anything Jackie uh no I think I think you're good yeah we yeah. can't wait to cover that one on the podcast <laughs> nice. I would right. be too that's a fantastic movie it is. It's right. so much fun. You made a lot of really great and points. I totally agree with you. Which is a great which movie. Why both of our podcasts cover ninety-five to 05 Because we understand that is not the prime era. We it get is. it. Yes. <laughs> totally feel you. I was totally we feel you. Choose full nineties. We couldn't full two thousands. Yes. That yep. decade. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I think we will counter with what a girl wants. Ooh, Lindy? I guess. Lindy? still yeah still a teen comedy Shalina it's- you're too biased I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you're too do you biased. like that movie <laughs> I that love it of- oh <laughs> like a Christmas tree did you see her eyes almost pop out <laughs> good thing the, the listeners choose <laughs> oh, you know what oh I should have suggested Sydney White <laughs> that brought me back i, I love sydney, sydney white, white. Love i watched it two days ago okay. oh, sydney man. white it's fucking love that movie oh sorry but yeah, so, <laughs> so what a girl wants um amanda Bynes, kind of another yep. one of those 2000s teen queens originally started from all that 
or in the Amanda Bynes show or whatever, those yeah. on the Nickelodeon realm, and then made her way into the film realm, and she kind of became, like she said, like that Sydney White, she had She's the Man, she had, you know, a bunch of these early 2000s, you know, kind of rom-com sort of spaces, and it's just so cute because she goes to find her dad for the first time, and she goes to England, and she kind of gets immersed yeah. into that royal culture that and she's like the neat brash new yorker so she just doesn't fit in and then brash american the hippie and then yeah right and then eventually she changes her ways to fit in but realizes that's not who she is and she can't live that way and that dude was hot as well i remember always having a crush on him damn mm-hmm. and he was also again <laughs> in later raise your voice with hillary duff <laughs> oh i thought you were talking about colin, colin first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, daddy. Was like, he was like my other time. He, like the other guy was my young fan. And then like Colin Firth was like my older man. Like mm, you are sexy. Older man now, crush. So. Yes. Yep. And, and yeah. And then the stupid, annoying stepsisters. Mm. Ugh, everyone just loves one, to hate this, an annoying stepsister. Oh yeah. Sister and the mom. Yeah. That's what it was. So yeah. everyone loves to hate an annoying, you know, evil stepsister and mom. Step-mom, you always so. have a character you love to hate, including who was his name? Ambrose. The preppy guy is that was that oh. his name Ambrose? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. The one she pushed in the water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved when she did that. Just woo, take that dude. <laughs> and I'm like, 37th like, from boundaries. The boundaries, please. <laughs> like lay off. You're gonna get wet. Right. <laughs> and get so wet. in this one, it is a little bit like of a love story with like herself, her family, and then also a little bit of this guy on the side as well. So it's kind of like a sort of love rom-com finding who she is because you know she doesn't know her dad at all like she had to find him on her own and look what happened she got a relationship with him and he didn't marry the wrong girl yeah back to her mama (laughs) rest in peace i think she passed yeah kelly Kelly preston Preston yeah yeah Yeah. unfortunate but still great great movie it's one of my favorite amanda bind movies definitely same yeah, huge, I miss her. Huge uh, Amanda Bynes fan. <laughs> Love Amanda Bynes. That brought Love me her. back. The reason why I lit up is because it brought me back to grade six when it came out. <laughs> and I just loved her show, The Amanda Bynes Show. Loved that movie. Oh, I love the show too. Oh my gosh. So, so good. Great. great picks though. Like 10 Things I Hate About You is also my favorite. One of my right? favorite. So um, good, right? So good. Yes. So good. Like, <laughs> so quotable. It is so unbelievably quotable. Yeah. And it's star packed, like star studded. Like everybody's in this movie. Uh, what a what a girl wants. I I the innocence of Amanda Bynes at that time, and just how effortlessly funny she was. Yeah. It, you know, was really sweet, and um, you feel for her like she she is able to do like the fun um the but i'm sorry i'm trying to think of physical comedy mm-hmm. but you also feel like you have empathy for her you care for her she does it in a very simple way not over the top and um she definitely honed some skills to to be able to do that and um Colin Firth and Kelly Preston were just like cherries on top of that yes really good pick yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I love the grandma. Yes, yes, the grandma, uh, yeah. played by oh, Eileen yes. Atkins. I loved her. Get her, her ducky. Yeah, she yes. called her ducky. Right, she called her ducky. She called her ducky. The gun. But I love what 
one of my favorite lines from that movie was when Amanda Bynes shuts down like the daughter. Well, where she's just like, she's like, I'm vintage and you're, you're this and you're, or you're au couture, but what makes you think that we're going to have the same tasting guys? Like just burn. (laughs) You can leave my room now. I don't need stuffy preppy man. I want normal down to earth guy. Yes. Yeah. I like how she's her own person and she shuts down everyone's idea, but then she does conform. She tries it. Yeah. She to appease him and enter montage of how sad and upset she is that she's not her own person. And it was the dog that made her upset because she loved the dog at first. And then when she came all like, and the dog came over and she's like, no, 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 stay away. And then that's when she realized, no, this isn't me. Like, it's always the dogs. Gotta love the dogs. (laughs) I love how in the makeover for animals. (laughs) in the makeover scene how like oh all of a sudden this really ugly dress has magically this random beautiful like silk number underneath that all i need is a pair of scissors and i can turn this around but you know what on it secretly that is one of my favorite genre things yes Ooh, are we gonna turn something random into something beautiful (laughs) it has to to be in there has to be in there (laughs) It's going to be a hard one, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It, it is. Good luck, Shalina. But Good luck. <laughs> the listeners. To Good the listeners. To listeners. Um, real quick, the the song that Heath Ledger's character sings, is that the Lauren Hill song? Well, so or Lauren Hill, of, yeah. she remade it, but it's actually Frankie Valley and okay. the Four Seasons that made that song. Um, okay. So yeah. Both versions are beautiful. Yeah. Or, and, and if you love, isn't she dropped in gorgeous? She also does the same song. Um, <laughs> I, I, Denise Richards, I don't mind her version. I think so. I think so. Take my eyes off of you. Always a classy version as well. Okay. And completely and blasphemous. I think it yep. was, um, I think they were going to do a different song. I think um, Julia Stiles actually suggested that they do that movie. Very smart, oh, Julia. Very right? smart. Very smart. Right. That's nice. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, because it's Amanda Vines. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly feel like, Shalina, you should not be giving points if you want the <laughs> listeners to pick. <laughs> <laughs> listening and say they're both great. Hey, the last episode, I, I think majority of the points went to Team 2000s, but the <gasps> listeners picked 90s. So you don't need to fret. I, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I I don't know. I I would I for me I would say what a girl wants. Um but ten things I hate about you is up there on my list. There you go. Well, I think it makes sense. Like if you're saying that the listeners were might choose something different, I think you know age has a lot to exactly. to put into it. What yeah. is going to be nostalgic for you? I mean, Shalina constantly throws it in my face that she's much younger. And what? I- <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> she's like, I've never seen that. When did that come out? I'm like, why are you doing this to my child? Why? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right round four passing it to who am i passing it to 90s no no 2000s 2000s maybe we'll try Whoa. what sweet home i was gonna say that one Yay! Yes, <laughs> <you're right far. laughs> 
Which one? <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. Reese Witherspoon. Go with that and, one. And Ethan Embry Nick was Dreamy, in it. McDreamy. Mc yeah, McDreamy. Patrick Dempsey. Cameron. Yep. Or Candace Cam. No, not Candace Cam. Um, Candace Bergen. That's it. Candace Bergen. I was like, <laughs> the name was Candace. I couldn't figure out the last name. Escape me. And it was just, it's such a good cast. And who doesn't it's love so it? It's so funny. Right? Who doesn't love a girl who likes to change her name to fit in because her last name's Smooter? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> uh, and like the 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 cat that they talk about, like I yeah. know it's a total like doesn't even relate to the story at all, but it's like a side story that comes up throughout the movie is like this cat that never dies. They yeah, like they strap fireworks to it and everything. I'm like, that and is I've... like a red flag for like serial yeah. killer. So like, how are you just gonna yeah. like? Just casually mention that in a rom-com. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so basically, two childhood sweethearts down in the South, you know, love each other. And then they were supposed to get married. They were too young. And then she ended up going to the big city and becoming a fashion designer. But they never officially got divorced. So she has to come back home to get divorced to the guy to marry this new New York guy. So as she goes back to the hometown, she doesn't tell her her new fiance about this, what her old life or anything. So he doesn't know she used to live in a trailer park, her old last name or anything she like never, that. Yeah. Doesn't know who she is, really. Right. So she goes back home to try and get her ex-husband to sign the papers, but he refuses because she just up and left. So, you know, crazy antics ensue. And it's 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 pretty funny. They try to get at each other, which I love. I love when you yeah. can have prank wars between the two. Um, yeah. Throughout like a rom com, they try to get at each other. Like she goes into their joint bank account that apparently is still open and like refurnishes completely the whole refurnishes house. the entire house. And then he refuses oh. to sign the paperwork for her, and she's like, "But come on, just sign it." And he's like, yeah. "You know what? I got a hot date. I'm gonna go out tonight." And like, yeah, just really getting under her skin. And it's and like Reese Witherspoon was like one of those queens, sort of of the two thousands of like you know Legally Blonde, Sweet Home Alabama. She was just in so many different rom coms. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great movie. Great soundtrack, too. Yeah, and who doesn't love Sweet Home Alabama as a song? <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> I've actually never seen it. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> Go uh, 90s turn, and then I'll. Who, who's. Shalina, did you just say that? Yeah. You've never seen Sweet Home Alabama? No. I've heard of it, really? though. Heard of it. So you, you can watch something like you can watch Hope Floats or um, just give no. us something to talk about. It's similar. It's similar. <laughs> no, it's and not. those came Hope out Floats, in the nineties. No, it's not. No, it's Hope Floats. I love Hope Floats. Harry Potter Jr. Hope Floats is a great movie, but it is nothing like Sweet Home Alabama. It, it's, no, it's, it's it's it starts it off. I'm sure somebody saw it and said, "I think we can make something similar, but let's make it more funny." I highly dramatic. disagree. Mm, I highly disagree. <laughs> But I do want to give it up for the fact that Ethan Embry's in that movie and Gene Smart. They're great. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. Right, I love Jackie. that he plays he plays the gay man. <laughs> I hate that she outs him, though. I know. Yeah. That's, that's so the mean. worst scene. That's the most cringe scene that I can't watch that scene. Um, I, just... I don't know what to choose now. <laughs> <laughs> See, the struggle is real, girls. <laughs> There's so many well, good ones. I'm having a one-sided conversation with myself because you know, <laughs> obviously not looking at her phone. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my bad. I was trying to be focused. <laughs> Hold on. Um, I'm looking at well, my I phone stopped, now. I stopped now. Um, well, 
I'm can you not to access right the now, chat host. on Zoom? Well, yeah. Can't you private or? Because I feel like it would it would show on your screen. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Then your phone. But okay, so I'm gonna go. This is really hard. Um, what about? Hold on. When okay. is um? Since you love, you know. <laughs> It's my least favorite movie of his, but I, I'll do that one. I always love friend ESP. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to watch. <laughs> it, it, kept, it kept coming up, and I'm like, I should do that one, but I just, it's not my favorite. Well, okay. I'll, t- I'll tag in. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, you start it. You start it. Oh, okay. So <laughs> our next pick is uh, The Wedding Singer. It's our first pairing with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. We get an amazing, amazing 80s soundtrack, the fashion, Julia Gulia. Like, <laughs> what's not to like about that? <laughs> I'm just confused as you saying it's your least favorite. Is that what you said? Out of, yeah. out of his movies. Adam Sandler's movies, it's not a favorite. Still, how? <laughs> if you have that above, like you have that below Little Nicky. <laughs> well, I mean, like it, it's middle of the road. We did a or whole Big ranking. Daddy. Like, are you really? I did? love Big Daddy. I it's one of my favorites. Okay, Linda, you'll have to go back and listen to the episode. Apparently, there's a whole yeah. We system. we we did Billy Madison, and so I will Jackie, have to listen to that for sure. Yeah, Jackie it'll and probably I would... make me mad, but. <laughs> Well, don't worry. I say a lot of crazy things in that that you might agree with or not. Um, but Jackie and I have been friends for 24 years and doing this podcast has made both of us learn oh so much about each other. And I was like, how are we even friends? Right now? Like I'm calling my lawyer to file divorce as we speak. When we did that episode, I think she wanted to kill me because I was like, I, I, I did chat quite a bunch <laughs> on Billy Madison. But yeah. Shampoo is so good. It's so good. But the wedding singer, one of the things that I loved about this movie was, you know, Adam Sandler, before this movie, he was doing Billy Madison and um, Happy Gilmore and just very ki- kitschy, not really straight acting. up screwball comedies yeah this was like one of the first times that i felt like he was leveling up a bit with with his acting he was still being goofy still had his crew um but i think just his relationship outside of you know outside of the movie with drew barrymore really just their chemistry together as friends and in the movie just made it 10 times better plus i think you saw a pure joy come out of him because he very much loves the eighties. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about Adam Sandler, he loves the eighties and this just leaps off of the screen um, in this movie with the soundtrack, just, just him being able to kind of make those little inside jokes about that time period for himself. Um, and it's and almost just, a love letter to the eighties from Adam Sandler. Like it's it is. Just- it is. And I mean, it, I can appreciate it for that. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I listened to that soundtrack in high school over and over and over again. It was one of my favorites. And I think also it launched him being kind of a rom-com king, which you wouldn't have thought about. 
because he's not traditionally what we would say is it the most attractive or the leading man part, but he made that possible for the Ben Stillers of the world to come after him and, and be able to do movies like that. So um, just, and Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Mike <laughs> <laughs> <Dwight> Goodman. <laughs> and this is the launch of him starting his kind of rom-com you know, evolution, pretty much. We didn't have one like this be- until he did this movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry. Well said. <laughs> I love um, all the Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore movies. There's three of them, I think. Yeah. Yes. Fifty First Dates and Blended and this one. Yeah. I watch Blended probably at least once a month. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Same with Grown Ups, Grown Ups 1 and Grown Ups 2. We it, we were getting to a point where we were watching it on a weekly basis. Oh, wow. <laughs> Diehard fans. Like, love oh, it. I love Adam Sandler movies. Love them. Even the serious ones like Spanglish and... Um, oh, love Spanglish. Uh, Punch, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Like, even those ones are really good. What's the other one we did with Don Cheadle later after 9-11? Or something. Oh, yeah. I, forgot I haven't seen called. any of his newest ones. Like, yeah. I haven't even seen Hubie Halloween yet, but that it's on my list. funny. It's on my list. <laughs> I like just, um, or is it Get Over It? No, just Go With There's It. Go With It. Oh, I with love it. that movie. I love with Jennifer. That, movie. that love one. It. I love it. It's so funny. So if cute. y'all pull, pulled that one out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We should have. I would have picked that. What were that. we thinking? What right? were we thinking? But- we it's were texting good. to be like 50 first dates or did we choose another one? Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. There's so much to choose from. Five, making right? Choosing five is is really tough. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So round five. Last round. Got to pull out the, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to discuss one of the best rom-coms there is. And not because it's just just beautifully executed and the cast is immaculate, but also because it takes the genre, takes the top billing person in the genre and flips it on its head. And I would like to discuss discuss my best friend's wedding. What what could we what could we do with Julia Roberts? as a rom-com and and just like throw it on its head we can make her the villain (laughs) we can make her the villain because if this was any other rom-com she would be her character would be considered the villain we get our first introduction really to Cameron Diaz in the genre of being in the rom-com she plays the naive Kimmy um we get Dylan McDermott is am I saying that right yes Mm -hmm. um and then (sighs) her best friend Rupert Rupert Everett Mm -hmm. just chef's kiss so we're getting we're getting LGBTQT representation we're getting that best friend vibe and the opening that has nothing to do with nothing to do at all and then we get a sing-along in the middle of the movie a freaking amazing sing-along shout out to Dionne Warwick and um the soundtrack on this movie is amazing um and yeah she goes after her guy with she don't give a damn about no kimmy i tell you that she doesn't (laughs) care about kimmy we get the beautiful backdrop of chicago 
by the way. I mean, so many of these rom-coms were always filmed in New York. So it was kind of cool to see a, a different um, backdrop. And Julia acted her ass off in that movie because for her to play the villain and we're still trying to root for her to get this man. <laughs> that's how much we love Julia Roberts. I mean, she was stealing, she stole a whole truck. She was doing a lot. <laughs> she was doing the most. And the at, most. <laughs> at the end, she still doesn't get the guy, but she swallows her her pride, realizes that she messed up, apologizes, try to put every put everything back together. And we don't see Julia Roberts get her man. Now, for those of you who don't know, John um is it John Corbin? Who's the guy from Sex and the City who played yeah, Aiden? Aiden. Yeah. 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 So there, I don't know if you guys know this, but he was originally in the movie and she meets him at the wedding and they were supposed to kind of like have their meet cue and it ends with them. But they decided at the last minute to take that out because the test audiences just weren't like vibing with that. And I think it's one of the best things that happened, similar to what you guys were saying with the breakup was that we, we got a reality of, okay, sometimes that shit doesn't work out and you got to take your L and, and do what you got to do. And to see Julia Roberts have to do that, that was amazing. That was a huge risk that people could have been pretty pissed at that she didn't end up with him. I, I don't know, but classic, just classic. I, I will I, say all through high school, every Valentine's Day, I would watch my best friend's wedding because it was someone having a worse day than me. yes it's very actually (laughs) yeah it's very relatable i think that was the other thing so many of us have had unrequited love love or things don't go the right way for us we don't get that happy ending and to see julia roberts fall says you know i can fall too julia did it it's it was a, a different a different vibe and i loved it it's a great movie i would agree i'd have to agree with that like it was a really good it was really good i liked it I love the ending scene, though. Or was it the <laughs> opening scene where they sing the... Say a little prayer for you. Yeah, yeah it's the opening. in the middle. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the beginning, the opening is the... the Random girls singing w- it or something like that. Yeah, wishing and, and hoping. Yeah, wishing yes. and hoping. Yes. Yeah. Wishing and hoping. Yes, that yeah. one. Yes. And then... Was That's it? adorable. Shy Say Guy little- was the song that was actually released on the radio. I remember that song. Shy, I'm pretty. It was like, Shy Guy was a song. I think she she t- sang on it in the soundtrack. Like, Shy Guy. I don't. What, how does that go? Diana King, I think, was her name. Hold on. Let me see. Oh, the the lady that sings "Wishing and Hoping" in the beginning. No, it was just a song. I think that was on the soundtrack that they released. Oh, oh. I mean, I listened to that soundtrack a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. it's on the soundtrack i don't know if it was in the movie but i know it was released on the soundtrack for the movie it was just you'll have to pay for it that's why i was like (laughs) say sing it for me because i I thought that's what you're talking about it's one of those songs that like you probably it was in the background somewhere but it wasn't prominent which they did a lot in the that time for soundtracks you want you heard a song that was like prominent in the movie like it's gonna be on the soundtrack and then it wasn't there and you're like what the fuck i didn't hear this song in the movie and then that's what's on the soundtrack exactly the best song on that soundtrack um was oh you give your hand to me and then i say something something what is that oh god who sings that song because it's just so sad i would cry to that song because (laughs) it was perfect for that movie we have i say a little prayer you don't know me 
what the world needs now. You. The way you look tonight, I'll never fall in love again. If you want to be, be okay, happy. Amanda Marshall. Yeah. And uh, what the it. world needs now, tell him and wishing and hope him. I think it's you don't know me. You don't know it's me. That, yeah, it's that one. Jan Arden. That that Which one's perfect. Funny. Two Canadian artists on that soundtrack, Amanda Marshall <laughs> and Jan Arden. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of comments for this, but I'll save it after <laughs> uh, Team 2000s share their last pick. Okay, so we are going to go with, um, so it was probably like the number one movie the year it was released. And you think 2000s rom-com? This is the very first one that comes to my mind because it was the best because it was fantastic. The chemistry it, on these actors were so yep. good. They did a couple other movies also together. Yep, of course, we're talking about how to lose a guy in 10 days. 10 days. Mm -hmm. They yeah. have the quintessential like DVD cover where they're leaning against each other. Yep. <laughs> it yep. did a TikTok on that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but that's amazing. Yeah. Basically, yeah, basically, the way I view this movie is that these two people are lying to each other for their careers and they get mad at each other mm -hmm. for doing the thing that they were doing to the other person. Exactly. And it's hilarious. Yeah. So she <laughs> has to so write an quotable. article. Not relatable, but quotable. <laughs> yeah. She has to write an article about how to lose, because she's the resident how-to girl at her magazine. Mm -hmm. So her, they decided to do how to lose a guy in 10 days. And then he makes a bet with people at his work that he can get a girl to fall in love with him in 10 days by the time of the pitch. And if he wins, he gets to pitch the big Diamond Delauer account. <laughs> diamond account, yeah. Trust yourself. And of course, starring Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. Right? Yeah. And Isadora, the big diamond she wears that he yep. she runs out of and he's all frantic for it. Her face when she sees it, she's like... I get to wear that? I get to wear that thing? Like, <laughs> New York, frost yourselves. Frost this. <laughs> and yeah, they just had such so good, good chemistry. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, they think they did Fool's Rush the, in later. And, and know, again, just, again, going back to like the proposal, it was like his family accepting her too. Like where mm -hmm. she cried because like his mom really hugged her. Yeah. And he has a real family and she never had that either. And I think that also adds into it. And it's just, uh, I just, I, and he teaches her how to ride the motorcycle. Like, it's just so cute. Like, it's so it's cute. And See, they're, they're love fern. Like, <laughs> die. Let it die. Do, My boyfriend do, says I'm fat. Yeah, the way she ran Sax's life for a bit is hilarious. But Kate Hudson is fantastic. That would never <laughs> actually be a start of a real relationship. Let's oh, be Oh, super real. toxic. Super toxic to start Super toxic to start a relationship. Lots of red flags. For the purpose of a rom-com, it's hilarious. <laughs> How many movies have they done? Just just two or three? They're well, about to do another one, I think. So oh, nice. So they did this oh, and Fool's Gold. Gold's Rush. And Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. And then I think they're shooting about one to do. now. Yeah. Um, and then you also get baby Catherine Hahn as the sidekick. Yes. I love Catherine Hahn. She's so, I love <laughs> oh, her God. so much. I love and her. And B.B. Newworth is in it, which yes. is amazing. Um, there's a lot of people in that cast that they're, are just yeah. fun. Yeah. That's so wow, good. you both teens really brought out the <laughs> 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 Oh, my. Um, for me... Julia Roberts, sorry. <laughs> my best friend's wedding was actually my first introduction to Julia Roberts. Okay. I watched it way too young. I was like in elementary <laughs> that school. That was me and Pretty Woman. But yeah. I, I 
I fell in love with Julia Roberts after that. I was like, wow. Like, I don't know. Like, even though her character was problematic, but I don't know. There was something about that acting that drew me. And I loved musicals as a kid. So that musical scene in the restaurant, I'm like, yes, uh, I like this. When Jackie and I do this one on the on the podcast. So there's a we have a joke that I constantly am sticking up for the villains in every movie that we do there's gonna be no stopping me when when we do this movie i will give this at least this movie it's like baked into it it's not like you're rooting for uh taylor vaughn and i didn't root for taylor vaughn i just said that she was just living her life and people in her business and that's not her fault right it's, it's a true it's true it, she was yeah. just living her best life out there and people were like we don't uh, like come right on. yeah mm-hmm. I, so. I agree oh boy so much fun my cheeks hurt. <laughs> oh my gosh ah so to recap for the listeners first round was sleepless in seattle versus the proposal second round pretty woman versus the breakup third round 10 things i hate about you versus what a girl wants Fourth round, The Wedding Singer versus Sweet Home Alabama. And last round, My Best Friend's Wedding versus How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Closing statement. In my own personal opinion, I think that the 2000s rom-coms were more comedy than romance versus 90s. I feel like, like, don't get me wrong, they're fantastic movies. But like when Harry Met Sally, Sally uh, in Seattle, like, those kind you've got mail like they're just too mushy for me and not they don't touch my funny bone enough do you know what I mean maybe it's just the type of person I am and the kind of movies I like but I prefer I prefer more comedy I love the romance aspect don't get me wrong but I need that balance of something else whether it be action or comedy or whatever that's what I think 2000s just had more was just funnier in my opinion (laughs) Right. And I think maybe also like the 2000s, maybe we sort of like said there's a bro version of a rom-com. We've got like the, the the breakup, like the real version of the rom-com. So maybe we just sort of tried to branch out a little bit more to to cover maybe a bit more base, I guess, maybe or inclu- starting of our inclusivity is maybe of a more in representation rom-coms, representations in, in rom-coms, maybe. Mm-hmm. So maybe I feel like maybe 2000s just got it like I got a little bit more funnier. You had a little more awareness awareness of stuff and like i said there's rom-coms for boys there's rom-coms for the girls that well, i don't know if it was 2000 but bridesmaids like that was the, like funniest shit ever like you know you're getting those good funny quality mm-hmm. my gay best friend gbf oh fantastic <laughs> great i love that movie so yeah. good my big fat greek wedding which we didn't which is the number one actually yep. highest rated or highest grossing rom-com of all time and we yep. didn't mention mm-hmm. it at all and none of us did so because i've one. never seen it i think it's not only once I like the show. I like the show. And John Corbett. Oh, Oh, that's who it was. Did I say his name right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you did. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And then Team 90s, your closing statement. I mean, I just, the 90s walked so the 2000s could run. (laughs) (laughs) Without the 90s, you don't get any of these 2000s movies i think what also was just quintessential like we saw a really big change in the pay gap 
for leading ladies with rom-coms, especially that we were able to get in the 2000s. But again, in the 90s, we were able to solidify the box office numbers with these female-led um, movies where we were able to get the Sandra Bullocks of the world, the Julia Roberts of the world, like Meg Ryan, um, all of that started in the 90s and being able to kind of usher in the fact that the Reese Witherspoons of the world could actually ask for more money, that Cameron Diaz is being able to ask for that $15 million that didn't start until, you know, the 90s, really, where we started to see women like Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock asked to be, you know, being able to get producer rights um, and, and leverage those hits that they got in the 90s um, into the 2000s and really paved a way for a lot of these female actresses to not just be actresses and looking at the studios and the agents to control their careers, but to be able to rein those in because they saw that they can make more diverse and complex movies um, on the backs of all those women in the 90s. We also started to see in the 90s more female-led written movies, um, rom-coms, and directed and starred. And sometimes we got the trifecta of those in, in, in the 90s, which I don't think we were able to see as much in the 80s you know it was very slim pickings in the 90s it just kind of really opened up um which again like you guys were saying led to to the diversity um in the late 90s we started to see a lot more black movies being um opened up to a larger population which we've always been told that no one's going to go see a black movie but we got a lot of movies that, you know, starting with Eddie Murphy being able to do Boomerang, Boomerang was one of the first all black rom-com cast. And he purposefully made that movie for that to happen. So I just feel like, I, I know we're joking a lot, but the nineties really did pave the way for us to, to get moving in the two thousands. And a lot of the tropes that we have in these rom-coms, the reason they had to diversify was because you can't mess with these classics. You can't mess with uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. You can't redo that in the same way. Um, so you you have to like start figuring out how to make it different. Hollywood's still trying as hell to remake all of our stuff though. I know they're trying to remake, but like oh. I, you guys were saying that they diversified the stories a little yeah. bit, but I think they kind of had to because those movies were in 2022 and people, kids younger than us still, they know what pretty woman is. Oh yeah. You know, because it's a classic and regardless how anybody votes, we all win. We right? all win. Cause we, we all got to enjoy these, these fabulous movies. Yes. We're all great. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. thank you so much for your closing statements and for your picks um there's a few that i need to go watch after this <laughs> <laughs> um again listeners it's up to you to choose the winner of category two rom-coms so after listening to this episode make sure you click the link in the show notes uh to the google what do i call survey? it google Form. google survey poll survey thing <laughs> google survey <laughs> Is that what it's called? No, Google Forms. Google Forms. Google Form. And then you'll see the poll vote for the decade that you think won based on 90s. the picks. <laughs> <laughs> and please only vote once. 
And then the winner will be revealed uh, one week from today. So don't, don't, uh, don't slack. <laughs> Get out there and vote, guys. To conclude, I'll I'll give some space to both podcasts to share their handles um, with you listeners. So we'll start we'll start with No More Late Fees since you're new to the podcast. Um, so you can find us at No More Late Fees on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. We're we're on everything. Um, yeah. And if you like late nineties and early two thousands movies, which is this entire podcast episode, um, that's what we cover. So check us out. Awesome. And turn to millennials. Yeah. You wanna... yeah um, yeah. So you can find us where we find your podcasts, like Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, heart podcasts, all those places. Um, you can find us on our website at millennialspod.com Instagram. I think it's turn of the millennials pod. And I think also on TikTok. And we do YouTube have a YouTube. And, yes, yep. forgot YouTube as well. So you can find our episodes <laughs> on YouTube. Subscribe, <laughs> <laughs> like, follow. <laughs> right. All of that fun stuff. And yeah, we usually were it's kind of the same thing. We talk about between 95 to 2005, but instead of movies, we kind of cover all pop culture. Pretty so much everything that happened in that decade. Yeah. That we were coming, we were coming to age in that decade. That's what we cover. Yeah. Awesome. So. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for being on category two part two of my series and um i had a blast this was so much fun <laughs> this was a lot of fun thank you so much for having us thank you, yes, thank great. you. we need to do a spin-off episode right? <laughs> it's just so funny. yeah my face hurts <laughs> I If you enjoyed this trip down 90s memory lane, why not tell others about it by sharing this episode with them and by leaving a rating and review on Good Pods, Apple Podcast, or on Spotify. And as always, you can connect with me on Instagram and get podcast updates. My handle is at everything90spodcast or by joining the Everything 90s fan club. That's right, Everything 90s Podcast now has an official fan club. So if you would like to join, head on over to patreon.com slash everything90spodcast, and members of this fan club will be able to enjoy some exclusive benefits, such as Patreon shoutouts, 90s trivia games. Members will also be given the opportunity to request topic suggestions for upcoming episodes, and bonus content such as behind the scenes of how I put together episodes, and early access clips to podcast episodes. And to top it all off, club members will also receive exclusive access to my new podcast, The Ones You Forgot About. This is a podcast where I give flowers to films that are often left out of the conversation that most movie podcasters have on their shows. So join me as I attempt to fill in this gap by reviewing mostly romance and rom-com movies that deserve to be talked about too.